what do you think about Isabel? Yeah. Her husband Chris is over there going. That's my woman. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, moms. And spiritual moms. It is for every mom. And moms to be. Yes, Rachel. Is it everything you thought it would be? Pretty much. Yeah. That first that first trimester is brutal, isn't it? Yeah. But glad you're on the third. I heard that. Not I heard. I married a woman who actually has had four bios. And about this time, you're wanting to drill a hole in the mattress so you can sleep on your stomach, huh? That's a she told me. So, uh, boy, Thursday night's prayer meeting was awesome. You know one of the best parts of it? Where the teenagers and the children were prophesying. Accurate words of knowledge, prophecy. It was, uh, it, it was so encouraging to see the Holy Spirit activated in the young ones. I got a, I got an email from one of the moms that, uh, I'm gonna pull this up real quick. Said, um, after the prayer meeting, my 10 year old said that was the best day. Quote, mom says, because of the prayer meeting? She says, yes, because I, because it felt like heaven. She and, and the mom says she has not stopped singing since that night. <laughs> Isn't that great? Just such, such great stuff. So uh, Serena Williams, right, the tennis player, said this. Give me some mom days quotes. I've conquered a lot of things. Blood clots in my lungs twice. Knee and foot surgeries. Winning grand slams. Being down match point and winning grand slams to name just a few but i found out by far the hardest is figuring out a stroller <laughs> isn't that true uh phyllis diller says i want my children to have all the things i couldn't afford then i want to move in with them <laughs> another daughter says mom i love you and your super long voicemails and mom, I do love yours. By the way, I know you're watching online today, and I actually love them, so keep them coming. Another daughter says, um, oh, no, this one said, oh, yeah, mom. Oh, happy Mother's Day, mom. And while I have you, quick apologies for ages 13 through 21. <laughs> uh, dear mom, thank you for keeping all the bad stuff I did from dad. A quote from a mom, silence is golden unless you have kids. Then silence is just suspicious. <laughs> this one, questions you ask your mom. What's for dinner? What time is it? How come? Why not? When is it my turn? Can I have more? Where is it? Will you read to me? Can I watch TV? Can I play with this? Do I have to go to bed? Questions you ask dad. Where's mom? <laughs> and here's what I'd like to say. When do the kids come to me and ask me questions? My answer is, go ask your mom. <laughs> Today I'm going to do the worst thing you could possibly ever do on a Mother's Day message. I'm going to read, here comes the groan, Proverbs 31. <laughs> 
I'm going to read Proverbs 31, and it will be encouraging to you moms, I promise. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins. She is like a merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. <laughs> Mom's going to say amen to that, the servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Quote, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Now that every mother in here feels like a complete failure, I would like to say to you, this woman does not exist. <laughs> this woman does not exist. First of all, how could you do all that? Making your own clothes, spinning thread and twisting with your fingers, selling all the clothes you make by hand in the marketplace, selling real estate, planting vineyards, having all wisdom. Your husband is a leader in the city and on and on and on and on and do all of that without sleep. So you know this isn't real, right? However, I interviewed four moms last week from our congregation. I picked four moms from each different age group to ask them about motherhood. And what they all agreed upon was this. First of all, she does not exist, meaning all the outward actions that you read in that list is not what that proverb is all about. What it is saying and what they agreed upon was this. All of the internal attributes you need to be a great mom are already inside you. You are made by God to be a mom. That's a natural mother and a spiritual mother. Moms are in all different categories. I mean, you have moms who are single moms right now. Some are raised by single moms. Some didn't have a mom growing up. Some didn't have the best moms. Some had great moms. Some are moms of blended families. Some moms have lost a child. Some of you are battling for a child's life right now, naturally and or spiritually. 
And some of you, by the way, I was reminded this morning, are pet moms. We include you in Mother's Day today, pet parents. You guys know what pet parents are, right? Yeah. So we have pet moms here today as well. Moms are in all different categories. Life is not simple anymore. But what you can know, moms, and I'm not saying this just to encourage you today. This is a fact. You were made in the image of God. And every attribute you have inside of you, like nurturing, protecting, providing, organizing, correcting your husbands all the time, all of that that's inside of you, those are all part of God's divine nature in you. You need to have confidence that you have already inside of you what it takes to be a fantastic mother. Because if you doubt that and you second guess yourself and you let the enemy constantly criticize you and you buy into that, it literally cripples you from being the very mother God has created you to be. So I want you to have confidence that you already have intrinsically inside of you the attributes of Proverbs 31. Now the way it manifests outwardly is different for every woman. And you don't have that whole list, but there are pieces and parcels of Proverbs 31 that are your strength. And there are different seasons in life. Some seasons you'll be doing part of Proverbs 31. Another season you'll be doing another part of Proverbs 31. But whatever it is, you've already got it inside of you. I like what Ashley Mancini, one of the moms that I um, interviewed, this is the verse that she gave to me on this very point. She said in Ephesians or Second Peter chapter one three, it says this. You're gonna have a different translation up there that I'm gonna read, but it'll be close enough. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us. Already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name. And invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. You know what I do, moms, with the Bible? I always personally apply it to myself. And so this is the way you could read this. You could say, everything I could ever need for life as a mom and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in me. You should say that and believe it. Until you don't need to say it anymore because you believe it. And then you will find yourself empowered to be the mom that God has called you to be. She also says this, Ashley says, Oftentimes we as mothers get weary or tired or feel as though we aren't equipped or good mothers. Any moms ever feel that way? Just let me see if I'm preaching to the right crowd of moms yet. Okay, online. Okay, bunch of you online. Just saw your hand. Oftentimes we as mothers get weary or tired and feel as though we aren't equipped or good mothers. Second Peter 1.3, which we just read, reminds us and gives us the identity of who we are in Christ. We are fully equipped. Say, I am fully equipped, moms. Come on, say it again. I am fully equipped. Say it. I am fully equipped. Yes, I am fully equipped to raise up our children as effective Christ world changers. Mothers are given the greatest responsibility and authority. We need to walk in the Spirit and remain wrapped in God's arms and filled with His love. 
In order to help guide our children in their unique destiny and purpose, we need to first look to God for direct insight. It is so important for mothers to walk in their spiritual gifts so that we as mothers can not only walk in our destiny, but help our children walk in their destiny. That's a good word, Ashley. So as I was thinking about Proverbs 31, I'm thinking about the attributes of a mom. There are three attributes that immediately came up in my mind that every mom, naturally and spiritually, already possesses. So here's a few of them. One of them is nurturing. I remember one of my favorite pictures when I go through, you know, the 14,000 pictures I think I have, actually. Um, and I, I scroll through them. Uh, you know, dads, picture takers, right? I mean, your, 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 your kids and your wife find it very obnoxious, but then later, you know they're going to thank you for it. And so it's already later now, and I find them sometimes scrolling through the pictures and looking back when they were children and stuff. One of my favorite ones is when Elliot was, I don't know, maybe six months old or something, and he was just like a little sack of potatoes sitting on Hope's lap, and his little diaper butt and his, and his pacifier, and he's up against Hope's chest, and she has her chin resting on top of his head, and they're like this. I mean, the perfect picture of contentment on earth, right? Well, this is what the psalmist says about that. In Psalm 22, 9, but you are he who took me out of the womb and you made me trust while on my mother's breasts. That place where an infant but designed by God to be on a mother's chest is the place where the learning to trust begins. In fact, the 18 inches between the baby's eyes and the mother's eyes is the distance of vision that a baby has at that age. And it's eye to eye as you are nurturing that child. That's where they begin to learn to trust. Isn't that incredible? Another attribute I see is providing. Boy, moms know how to provide it. I'm talking about down to the details. Moms are incredible with details. Like my wife, I'll say, hey, you know, the Johnsons had their baby. I just got an email. Johnson had their baby. Yeah. And she'll say, oh, is it a boy or girl? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Johnson had their baby. What do you mean? I mean, what did they name? I, I don't know. Well, how big was it? How many pounds? I don't know. Did they have all their fingers and toes? I don't know. They just had a baby, right? I mean, moms, man, you guys are just so focused on the details. Like, like uh, when I try to get the kids ready, you know, for church and you know, because she's getting ready, and so the dad's helping get ready. I see the mom going. <laughs> Kristen's like, disaster. Exactly. I mean, they'll come, you know, they would come out, you know, three years old, and honey, the home will go, they can't wear that to church. I say, why not? It's their pajamas, right? I'm like, well, that's okay. It looks fine. They don't even, they don't match, you know, putting, getting them ready for school and trying to dress them. You know, their socks don't match. You got them a striped shirt and, and uh, you know, pants that clash. And, and she told me last night when I was preparing my, my message, she said, do you remember what you used to do with their onesies? I'm like, no, and you don't need to remind me. She said, you always put their onesies on backwards. I'm like, does it really matter? What's a onesie? Uh, it's 
It, it's just, it's a, it's a onesie. So they snap down here, so you can unsnap and take them off, right? You just, and, if you, and if it's backwards, you have issues. Anyway, yeah, we don't need to go into that. Yeah, we don't do snaps anymore, which I don't know, and praise the Lord, I'm out of that season. And the paperwork, oh my gosh, with sports camps, church camps, and school orientation, I'm in the voluminous paperwork and all the details and all that. I mean, she, moms, you guys are incredible when it comes to providing for your family. Can we say thank God for moms today? Thank God for moms. Protection is another value that came up in my mind of Proverbs 31 ferocious when it comes to protecting your children. I remember one time I was sitting in a movie and uh, I was a single dude at the time and you know what do you do? You go to the movie. I went to a Disney movie. I'd never seen Bambi. I thought I want to go. It came out again. I was like I want to go see that. I'm sitting there by myself in a movie theater watching Bambi and this like seven year old girl sitting behind me with her mom and the little girl is telling her mom every scene that is about to happen. And I was getting really annoyed. And I finally, at one point, I thought, I need to do something about this. Okay. Dude, that it's not even close to saying stick in your hand and the lion's dead, man. Oh my. I turned around and said, excuse me. And the mother gave me a look that like sent a shiver down my spine because she knew what was going on and she knew what I was about to say. And I just turned around slowly and slumped down into my seat. I was afraid to get up and move to another chair because I don't want to insult this mom. You need to be confident that the things that are inside of you are already enough to be a great mom. But here are some things I'm going to share with you other things they said that moms deal with. Not just the positive attributes that moms have to be a great mom, but negative things that moms deal with. And this will help us be sensitive to the needs that moms have. And we can honor them by encouraging them in these things. One is unnecessary guilt. They never feel like they do enough or have done enough. Especially with social media. I mean, the social media moms, the ones that are incessant, it's just a perfect marriage. It's a perfect family. It's a perfect perfect family vacation. Everything is perfect 24-7. You look at that family. You look at their picture, and everybody looks so happy. Look, come on. All of our family photos of our family, when people come to our house, like, that is such a beautiful family photo. I know what was happening three seconds before the snap. <laughs> right? Yeah. Come on. I've been pastoring families for 35 years. You, no, you're not fooling anyone. Well, you are fooling some people. Moms, the worst thing you can do is compare yourself to other moms and other families. Everybody goes through seasons. Everybody goes through struggles. And, and trying to compare yourself, to, man, I wish I was more like that mom or more like that mom. Do not do that to yourself. You have strengths that are unique to another mom who has different kinds of strengths that are unique. And God gave that mom to those kids for a very divine purpose and gave you to your kids for a very divine purpose. You have exactly what your set of kids needs. Can I say, can I hear an amen? amen. A lot of moms carry guilt because they can't be there for their kids all the time. 
like some moms who work two jobs and they can't get there to all their kids' uh, events and they feel guilty about it. Let me say something to your moms. Other moms can help. You've got, you can have aunts that, that move into the, to the slot. You can have moms in the church here that can help cover and you don't have to do it all yourself. God did not design us to be on an island. He designed us to be in community. Dads help dads. Moms help moms. Mary Baflava gave a great example of a mom who couldn't be there one time for her little boy who was in kindergarten, quote, mom's tea in her kindergarten class. So Mary went there on behalf of the mom. And Mary said that this guy, who is now 40 years old, at 40 years old, talked to Mary and told her how much it meant to him that she came to that kindergarten tea. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to do it all yourself, moms. You don't have to feel guilty about not being able to cover all the bases. There are people around you to help. Those of you who don't have mom, don't have children, you can help by being moms, helping other moms be moms to their children as well. Moms carry a lot of unnecessary guilt. Another mom said that her child was stuck on a jungle gym while she was at work, and it took her 40 minutes to get there. She's in her 70s, and she still remembers that. This is the kind of guilt the moms can carry with them. Many have to work to help ends meet. They feel guilty not about not being there for their kids. Some moms are sick and are hindered from being the mom that they wish they could be. Many moms of young children don't spend the kind of time with the Lord like they used to before those little rugrats came along. And you feel guilty about that. Don't feel guilty about that. The Lord can run with you. The Lord runs with you. As you're going here and there, to and fro, and you're scattered, the Lord is running with you in every little detail, every crevice of your life. That guilt that comes upon you because you don't have those daily devotions anymore, that is not coming from the Lord. That's coming from your own conscience. It's coming from your own sense of failure. It's coming from the devil for sure. He will adult pile you. You just got to find a new rhythm. The Lord will flow with you in your flow. But all the moms say, of young children say, thank God for nap time, right? Moms, huh? Nap time's not for the kids. It's for the moms, right? Boy, I remember nap times, man. Those were heaven on earth. I had one mom say, you know what? Some moms feel guilty because they overreact. I know no moms here have ever overreacted. No. We're talking about all the other moms in San Diego County. But one of the moms said, I had to put myself in timeout. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, John and, uh, John and um, Charles Wesley's mom, they... Uh, she had 19 children. Two of them ended up being some of the greatest revivalists in the history of the world. Do you know how she got her prayer time in? She would have a rocking chair in the middle of the living room, and she would put a blanket over her head. And all the kids knew when mom's under that blanket, you do not bother her. That's where she had her prayer time. You just got to figure it out. You just got to work it out, but don't feel guilty about it. It's not coming from the Lord. Here's, here's my uh, my motto in life. Do the best you can 
then take a nap. One of the moms that was sharing carries the guilt of having an abortion when she was a teenager. Some carry that guilt. Some of you online may carry that guilt. But the Lord loves you. And I want to say something about that before we move on. Because Mother's Day is hard for some of those who went through that experience. She said this. Quote, yes, I knew I was forgiven, though carried extreme remorse and shame. Then I went to church. And the Lord's word through Pastor Mark was so specific. Mark said, there's a woman here who, quote, and he described me exactly. Then he said, the Lord wants you to know that you are white as snow. And a spiritual uh, and have spiritual children all over the world. She said, I was undone. Also, so amazing that before Mark said anything about me, the presence of God fell on me in a tangible way. The Lord brought me complete healing in that moment. So amazing. Now, I want to say to you, you do not need an encounter with the Lord. You don't need a prophetic word to know this one thing I'm going to tell you. That if you have asked the Lord to forgive you for that, you are white as snow. Completely forgiven. Because that's the blood of Jesus. It's more powerful than abortion. How many of you saw the movie uh, Heaven is Real? Heaven is for real. I watched a clip last night. I'll show it to you today, but weren't able to get there. But the little boy... His appendix burst, and he was in the hospital, and he went to heaven. While he was in heaven, well, then he is at home. You see the movie, the little clip. He's at home, and he's sitting there with his mom. It's just a little boy, and he says to his mom, his name is Colton, and he says to his mom, um, when I was in heaven, I sat on Jesus' lap. And he said, then my sister came up and gave me a big hug. And she said, your sister... And then he said, yeah. He said, um, he said, what was her name? And he said, I don't know. You guys didn't name her. She had miscarried. Uh, I believe they were six months pregnant. And they had never told Colton about his sister. You know, the Bible, when King David's baby died, King David said this, I can't go to you. I mean, you can't come to me. But I will come to you. I believe we will see our aborted and miscarried children in heaven. Another thing they said about moms is they feel unseen. That many moms are unseen and overlooked for what they do. Sometimes moms who stay home with the kids don't have bosses. This is what they said to me. They don't have bosses or co-worker to say, wow, you did a great job. That project you did, that thing you knocked out of the park, you know, giving them promotions and having that affirmation. And so they're at home with their kids, which, by the way, is a full-time job. I mean, I remember watching, here's a great illustration, a current illustration, the Flintstones. I remember watching the Flintstones, and I remember this one episode 
where where Fred was telling Wilma that she could not handle his job. And so they swapped for a day. Well, at the end of the day, uh, Fred's boss wanted to keep Wilma and fire Fred. And after Fred had been home with, you know, Pebbles and Bam Bam all day, and he wanted out of the house and back to work. And staying at home and raising your kids is a full-time job. Many times moms who stay home are not recognized for the depth of their work. But then there's moms who work outside the home. So they have two jobs. They're working outside the home because they have to to help make men ends meet, but they're also parenting children. Many times they're not recognized for the breadth of their work. And I'm going to tell you something. When I was planting the church and then Hope was working a job at the time till we get this thing up and running, you know, your roles have got to be redefined. Traditional roles don't work necessarily in this day and age. I remember when I was going to be, uh, I was going to go down to, to Hope's previous church. It was a six thousand member church, and we just she had just moved here, and uh, we were I was on staff at another church out in East County, and uh, things went badly, and the church started falling apart, and the whole staff got laid off in one day. I'd been there for ten years. And Hope's pastor wanted to hire me. So I went out there and I interviewed and they were going to hire me and we were going to move to Louisiana. And my wife said, this is not good. I said, why not? She says, you're not going to fit in there, down there. I said, why not? She said, I don't know a man down there who has ever washed a dish or changed a diaper. She goes, that's just not how they roll down south. Right, Miss Brenda? That about right? She said, pretty much. <laughs> And I'm a diaper changer and a dishwasher. I mean, you know, when you have a non-traditional setting, you have, you've got to redefine your traditional roles. And whatever works is what you have to do. But moms that work outside the house are doing both, and they don't sometimes get appreciated for the breadth of what they do. Raising, a, raising children is the holiest and hardest job in the world. Why? Because you're raising kids for God. It's the holiest calling because you're raising kids for God. And it's the hardest calling because you're raising kids for God. Another thing that... Well, I just want to say this right before we start coming to the end of this message. Moms, we love you and we appreciate you in this house. Can we say amen to that? Can we give moms... Appreciation here today for your depth of work, for your breadth of work, for your nurturing, your providing, your protecting. And we see you. We recognize what you do, how hard it is. But we also want to say to you, the grace of God is upon you. You may carry guilt because you feel like you didn't do a good job as a mom. Well, guess what? You're still a mom. This is one of the last things they said to me. We all need to recognize that moms are still needed. Moms need to know that they're still needed, especially those whose kids have, have grown up and gone away. Daryl Lee, I'm going to tell up on Josh today. Daryl Lee and Josh are watching The Chosen. How many of you watched uh, the series The Chosen? You're watching that, right? Yeah. And they were watching the scene where Jesus comes in from a long day of ministry. He comes dragging into the house. He's healed the sick. He's cleansed the lepers. He's raised the dead. He's preached sermons. And he is tired. 
then he comes home and sits down. And Mary, earlier, the disciples were asking Mary what Jesus was like as a little boy. And she was remembering him as a little boy and how much he needed his mom. But now he's a full-grown man. He's a minister. He's, he's, he's the Messiah. And she just feels like she, he doesn't need a mom anymore. And he comes dragging in the house and sits down in the seat. And she comes over with a pan of water and starts washing his feet. And she was, she in that moment realized, my son still needs me as a mom. And so Daryl Lee's starting to cry. And, and Josh is like, what are you crying about? She goes, he still needs his mom. And Josh, the dude, says, that's what you got out of that? <laughs> that was nowhere on Josh's radar. He's thinking about how Jesus cast out devils and advanced the kingdom. And Daryl Lee's all about Jesus still needed his mom. I remember when I was 25 years old, single guy, living here in one bedroom apartment by myself, serving in the church day and night. We had three services on Sundays. We had a Wednesday night service. I did the Friday night for the singles. We had Saturday prayer. I was always in the house of God, but I was single and I was laying in my living room and I was sitting there on the couch and I was thinking, what am I doing out here? And I was lonely. I mean, I didn't have many friends because I was just pastoring all the time and, and I was starting to feel lost. Um, wasn't sure if I was in the right place, doing the right thing. Anybody ever felt that way before? 25 years old. And you know what I thought to myself? I need to go home to mom. Then as I got on a dang airplane and flew home to go be with my mom. About five years ago, I was getting beat on pretty bad. The pressures of life were really pressing me out of measure. And uh, I was, you know... Uh, losing myself again. But this time it was because of the stresses and pressures of life, the criticisms of people and all of that. And I was trying to be all things to all men. I was losing myself. And uh, you know when people are giving you their advice about what you should do, and many times their advice is opposite of one another. It's like, well, should I come or should I go? You know? It's kind of like, you know, when you're praying over somebody. And my brother was getting prayed for one time. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And one, has, one, one pastor was saying, hang on, brother, hang on. The other pastor saying, let go, brother, let go. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to hang on or let go? Sometimes when you're getting advice from 14 different directions, it's all different. It just splits your head. And so I was really stressed out. And I was losing myself. The next morning, I got a text from my mom. My mom. Look, I was like 50 years old at the time. I got a text from my mom. She said, I was sitting in front of, my mom's 82. She says, I was sitting in front of the fireplace, just praying, and all of a sudden this rose up in my heart. Don't let the pressures of life cause you to lose who you are. This is who you are. And then she just lists all the attributes that only a mom could list. Because moms know their kids. Every single one of them. All their different personalities, all their strengths and weaknesses, all the little intricate things of each child, moms know. That mom, my mom, was able to cut through the enemy's strategy with one text. <laughs> Mom. Oh, mom. 
maybe you didn't have the best mom, but you can be a great mom to your kid and to other people's kids. Maybe you haven't been the best mom. It's not over. You can start now. And maybe you feel overlooked and underappreciated, but God sees you and we see you. One of the most amazing stories in the Bible is Hagar, who was kicked out of the house by Sarah. Sarah couldn't have a child, and so she asked Abraham to have a child with their maid, Sarah. And she got pregnant, and then Hagar, or Sarah, had a change of heart when she saw that the maid now had a child with her husband. So she kicked her out. And Hagar had no money, no relatives, no friends, nowhere to go. And she went out into the wilderness. And she sent her child over there to die. She was unseen, unknown, unappreciated. But that place is where God revealed himself as Jehovah Rohi, the God who sees you. The Lord is my shepherd. He appeared, Jesus appeared personally to Hagar and says, I see you. And I'm going to make a great nation out of your son. And he did. You may feel that you're not seen at times, but I want to assure you, moms, Jesus, the great shepherd, the shepherd of your soul, always sees you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all the moms here today, the moms online, the natural moms and the spiritual moms. Some of you that can't have children, you haven't had children, you're past the age of having children, you can have hundreds of children by spiritually mentoring young women and young men. You can be as much of a mom as a natural mother by birthing and nurturing and raising up spiritual sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. That's a prophetic word that just came out of me spontaneously to you. Don't you feel shortchanged and don't you feel second rate because you have not had natural children. You can have spiritual children that you will see for the rest of eternity. Let that be your life's call and mission. You can also adopt. My wife and I have adopted two precious boys. Aren't Sam and Josiah awesome? Moms, you can adopt children as well. The Bible says that God takes the solitary and he places them into families. Because when children are alone, they suffer. When they're in families, well, sometimes they suffer there too. But when they're placed in the families, they are loved, nurtured, and that's where moms shine the most. So moms, you can be moms. Even if you don't have natural children, you can adopt and you can have spiritual children. That prophetic word just interrupted my praying. Lord, thank you for the moms. We honor them today. It's one of your Ten Commandments to honor your mother. So today we honor moms natural and spiritual in this place. And Father, we now pray a special blessing upon every mom. 
We pray that every mom feels your presence today, Lord, in a special way. We pray for moms today that are going to have difficult conversations with estranged children on the phone or in person. Lord, we pray they feel your peace on the inside. We pray, Lord, that they will know that they are needed. Whether it's communicated or not, it's true. May there be a special grace on all moms today. And I pray this last prayer. Lord, we pray that every mom in the sound of my voice will know that they have already inside of them what it takes to be a great mom. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks for moms one last time. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come up because some of the points that I hit on today might have touched some moms in particular that need prayer. Some of you might need healing prayer. Let's let the Lord do a supernatural work in you today if you need that. As the prayer teams come up, we get testimonies from these prayer times up here all the time. Let the Lord do a special work in you today. For the rest of the moms, we have a, a special little plant for you on your way out. It's a succulent. Um, and we also have a photographer around the corner that you can grab your family and uh, go around the corner and get a free photo that you'll be able to leave with and just a couple gifts for the moms. So, amen. All right, friend, let's all stand. Let's uh, close out today with a song of worship. No.